Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday to you. It's 10 o'clock. It's beautiful outside. It's the end of a good week and the end of a good week in the Word. We've been together. We've been in the book of Ephesians every single day for at least 10 minutes, uh, going verse by verse. Uh, really enjoying it. Gosh, Paul's so good. Ephesians is so good. Today, uh, controversial passage, uh, primarily only because of the way certain people have used it. Uh, let's just try to read the Bible today and let the Bible speak for itself and try not to tell it what to say. How about that? Um, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 to 33. Did I say my name is Tim Harris? Did I say this is Tim with Tim? Did I say I love you? All of that. Let's go. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Now, I said yesterday that just because we're stopping doesn't mean that, that the verses aren't continuous. It's very, very, very important to keep these verses in context. I say that because a whole lot of people for a whole lot of years have rushed right to verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands. They pulled that verse out. They use it like it's the only verse in the chapter. And then they just hammered women with it for decades, centuries maybe. Um, I don't think that's how you're supposed to you know, feed upon the word of God. I don't think you're supposed to use it as a way of putting people in their place or you know, trying to uh, enforce something that's more your preference than God's you know, design. So let's look at it together. Uh, the whole, the whole you know, section begins with verse 15, so be careful how you live. After Paul says, be careful how you live, he gives a series of don'ts. Don't live like fools. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't be drunk with wine. And then the very important imperative, but be filled with the Spirit. Again, I'm just showing you the structure. Be filled with the Spirit. After he says, be filled with the Spirit, then he has a series of participial phrases. These are words that end with I-N-G in the English language. So, uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, singing, making music, singing, making, giving thanks in your heart to God, and then submitting to one another. That's where we start today, verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, so, right there right there. No matter what else we're about to say about families, what Paul says is that submitting to other people is one of the ways in which we all imitate Christ. Submission is a Christian virtue for every single believer. It is a consequence of being filled with the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit fills you, the Holy Spirit will cause you to quit thinking of yourself as being somehow above other people. The Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit fills you, will cause you to begin to put your thoughts and preferences, your comfort, put all of that behind the interests and the needs and the desires of others. Everybody submits to everybody else. This is clear in Scripture. And you cannot separate it from being filled with the Spirit, and you can't separate it from what comes next. You understand? Submission is a Christian virtue. It's for everybody. And I would say it's the key to harmony in, in all human relationships, not just Christian relationships, but certainly for believers. This is a key to harmony. Quit thinking that you're more important than others. Quit acting like a boss and start acting like a servant. We all imitate Jesus. And Jesus says, if anybody wants to be great, let him serve. You understand? We all imitate Jesus. I just don't understand how people get this messed up. And then I don't understand how people take like what Paul says there, and then somehow they carve something altogether different for Christian wives, like somehow they have to 
you know, crawl on the ground and her husband gets to sit back and he gets to act like a boss. You, you know, no, no. And that's not the way the passage continues. Now, understand verse 22, you know, wives submit your husbands. That verse is so connected to verse 21 that in the Greek, as Paul writes, verse 22 doesn't even have its own verb. Like you have to go back to verse 21, you know, submit yourselves to one another just to make, you know, verse 22 makes sense. The New Living Translation has to add a lot of words to make that kind of a separate verse. Because Paul says, submit yourselves to one another, you know, out of reverence for Christ, wives to husbands, you know. I mean, just like wives to husbands, you know, just as an example, wives to husbands. And then it just makes a beeline to, to the words of the husband. You know, I've heard lots of... You know, I run into pastors who won't even marry a couple unless the wife promises to, you know, submit. And But nobody ever says much about the husbands. And most of this passage is specific instructions to the husband. Now, I would argue that, again, everybody's example is Christ. Everybody should be submitting out of reverence for Christ to other people and everybody to love like Jesus. I mean, so in that sense... What Paul says to husbands and wives is important, but you, you, you better be careful before you uh, sort of overblow this to try to make marriage fit your personal idea of what a marriage should look like. We've read enough of the Bible together here, Tim with Tim, so that, I mean, have you seen a model biblical family yet? There's not one. There's not even a healthy, functional family in all the Bible. So when people say we need to go back to the biblical family, what exactly are you talking about? Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. I mean, you know, uh, Timothy, his mother, and his grandmother. I mean, what? I mean, show me this model family that you find in Scripture. Scripture doesn't give you a portrait, a, a picture-perfect portrait of the family, and say, "Here, imitate this." So, so be real careful. Be real careful before you say, well, I, you know, I think women ought to stay at home and a man ought to work and, you know, what? Uh, okay, maybe that is what you think, but make sure you don't try to say that's what the Bible teaches. The Bible don't say women need to stay home, the men need to work. In the biblical worldview, everybody works and everybody works at home because there ain't no factories. I mean, you know, up, up until very recent, you know, history in the United States, Everybody worked at home. Everybody farmed, you know, husbands, wives, and a million kids that they all, I mean, I'm just saying the, the family has shifted. The, the structure of family has shifted, you know, all through human history. So the Bible doesn't give you like a picture of a, of a mom at home and a, you know, dad like Ward Cleaver and, you know, perfect children. No. And so what the Bible gives us are principles, principles that you would apply in every place, in every culture, in every situation. And those basic you know, principles are here. The idea of mutual submission. Everybody gives up their own way for the benefit of the others. Nobody gets to pile up in the couch and say, bring me another, you know, diet coat. I mean, nobody gets to say, you know, what's for supper, you know, woman, you, you know, nobody gets to act like that. That's not Jesus. That's not what we learn in Jesus. You understand? Everybody submits to everybody else. So in your perfect marriage, you have this wife who, who gives up herself totally for the sake of her husband, and you have this husband who gives up himself totally for the sake of the wife. He would love her enough to die for her. Nobody's the boss, and nobody's making all the rules and gets the final say. I mean, you're, you're going one step beyond what Scripture says here, and nobody gets to do that. 
You understand? It's mutual submission. It's Christ-shaped love. You know, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What part of, you know, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself, and what part of that makes you think that you get to run the house? What did Jesus say? Anybody that wants to, you know, be the master, let him serve. Quit acting like a master, act like a servant, and then you'll be a little bit closer to what God wants from a Christian husband. Does that make sense? Does it just make sense? Um, now, it, obviously, the scripture does address women and men differently because I do think that we're different. I think God made us different. Now, I, I wouldn't push those stereotypes too far, but, but I do think that basically, as verse 33 shows, again, I say, each man must love his wife uh, as, as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Isn't that interesting? At the end of all of it, the commandment's different. You know, husband, love your wife, and wife, respect your husband. You know, does that mean she's not supposed to love him? No, no, of course, you love as Christ loves, and we all Christians do, but I think men and women are different, and, and men run more on respect, and, and to be disrespected is, is in, 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 in boy math, you know, in, in, in a man's world, to be disrespected is, is, is much more um, uh, uh, destructive, much more... Uh, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, to, to be disrespected is, is just so hard for a man to tolerate, you know? And in the same way, for a woman to feel unloved. And that's the whole deal here. If, until a man really gets the respect he needs, it's hard for him to love his wife the way he's supposed to. And until the wife gets the love that she needs, it's hard for her to give the respect that, that is, uh, you know, instructed for her. Uh, it, it, I'm not saying it's easy, Um but that's why the, the, the Christian vision of marriage is, is, is so important. According to this passage, a Christian marriage is this unity of two people who each live totally for the other. I mean, no matter how you interpret this passage, Christian marriage is, is a unity of two people, uh, each of whom just loves the other, you know, totally, sacrifices of totally for the, for the good of the other person, uh, I love this passage. I, I, I love it so much. I love what it tells me about, about my responsibility to my wife. I mean, this passage teaches me that, um, that other than Jesus, the only thing in this world I should be ready to die for is my wife. You know, I mean, strictly speaking, you know, other than Jesus, man, the one thing I lay down my life for is my wife. And I would, and, 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 and perhaps, you know, I will. I mean, that's, that, that is just the husband. Uh, and, and, and what's laid upon us. Uh, I love this passage. As I say, there is no biblical perfect picture of a family. You think, well, Pastor, what about this right here, Ephesians 5 and 6? Well, we're going to read to Monday. We'll pick up in chapter 6, verses 1 to 9. And I just call your attention to the fact that in this perfect picture of a Christian household, you got slaves. I mean, Paul is following here kind of a, a, a format that you would find in Greek, Greek and Roman literature that the household code, it would be called. And very typically, they included slaves because slaves were considered part of the household. So I'm just reminding you, you don't find a perfect picture of, of, of a Christian family in Scripture, but you find principles and we apply those. And in imitating Christ, we all become more like Jesus. We find perfect love and our relationships are brought into unity and harmony. All right? That's a consequence of being filled with the Spirit if you take it all the way back to the beginning of this passage, and it's what Christ has for us. Uh, 
Uh, I love you guys so much. Uh, I love my wife, sweetie. I don't know if you watch Tim with Tim every day. I, don't, I have a feeling you don't. <laughs> but, but I love you, Casey. I love you so much. Uh, and I thank you for loving me. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9 for Monday. We'll finish up Ephesians on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm going to take off Tim with Tim because I'll be doing the daytime revival here at Woodburn. And if you're a Tim with Tim person, if you uh, would like to see, you know, uh, a, a little bit more of me than just my head, um, I'll be preaching live here at Woodburn with, with the daytime revival next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, actually at 10.30 every day, which is why I'm not going to do Tim with Tim. Like, I can't do everything. Uh, but I would love you to come. Uh, even if you're not a, a member of Woodburn, just come on out to Daytime Revival if you're free. Uh, I'll be preaching on Old Testament uh, Old Testament revivals, revivals that we see in the Old Testament. That's what I feel like God's laid on my heart, and that's what I'll be sharing with the Daytime Revival folks. I love you guys so much. Have a good weekend. We're doing a, a bed build on Sunday, uh, building beds for children in this region who have no beds to sleep in. Uh, an amazing need and an amazing opportunity to serve. So come to Woodburn, 11 o'clock service, 8, 9, 30, or 11. But after 11 o'clock service, Slim Chickens is providing lunch for everybody, and we are building beds. So make that your plan for Sunday. I love you guys so much. I'll see you Monday morning, Lord willing, uh, for Tim with Tim. I love you guys.